by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I often look back and, and think how the disciples must have felt to walk with Jesus. In some regards, it just must have been amazing, but in some regards, it must have been pretty difficult to walk barefoot with Jesus. To walk from little dusty town to little dusty town. Because, see, in their heart, they knew he was the Messiah. And in their understanding, they saw him as the coming conqueror who was going to sit on the throne and do away with Roman rule. They were very excited about their king coming. But yet their king is opening the eyes of the blind, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, walking on the water, calming the seas, feeding the multitudes with a little sack lunch. And their eyes are this big. But then he tells people, don't tell anybody. And they're walking along barefoot to the next gig, to the next little dusty town, with nothing but the clothes on their back and barely enough food to eat. I think that's what finally got Judas. I mean, Judas was like, come on with it, Jesus. You need to be famous. Man, we need to get you a YouTube page. We need to go to Hollywood. We need to film some of this. Everybody needs to see what you're doing. In fact, in John 7, 3, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to the Judea, where your, fo your followers can see your miracles. Why are you doing this stuff in secret? Don't you want to be famous? You can become famous. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. They wanted to be famous. But see, Jesus wanted to be fruitful. And that's the same contradiction we got in a lot of churches in America today. The pastors want to be famous. But God's saying, I don't want you famous. I want you fruitful. See, Jesus didn't care about doing things the world's way. He wanted to do what the Father said do. He only did what he saw the Father do. And because he did, there's billions of souls saved around the world. And the word is still going forth. They're like, you're just starting with these little 12. How are you going to get anything done? Just these little 12. But he knew what he was doing. If he'd have jumped out there and got him a TV show or something, he'd have may be hot for a little while, but then not for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Like a shooting star. Anything without God's blessing on it. Is doomed to fail. He did things the Father's way and the kingdom spread all over the world. So we're going to talk about how do we spread all over the world because that's what our banner says, right? A place to find the real Jesus all over the world. Well, what are we doing back here? 
Why are we just starting with these 12? Why don't we do this? Why don't we get famous? How do we get famous? We ain't interested in getting famous. We're interested in being fruitful. And every face that I look at in this congregation, I see fruit. I do. And we've got to see the same thing together. We've got to see the miracles sitting on the pew next to us. We've got to rejoice over what God rejoices over. Not some famous pastor that can excite everybody. Excuse me if I don't. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 8. And we're going to get to the crux of what I'm going to try to say today. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Say seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. Does the sun still come up in the morning? Does it still set in the evening? Is the earth still here? Does it get hot in the summer? Does it get cold in the winter? Well, while all that remains... Seed, time, and harvest remains. And everything God does is through a seed. And we've got to get that understanding. And every seed produces after its own kind. So what kind are you? Everything he does is seed, time, and harvest. Do you know Jesus was a seed? He is a seed that's still producing today. Do you know that you are a seed that God planted in this earth? Now, you're of the seed of Adam at first, right? Corruptible. Dead seed. Producing only dead things. But God sent his spirit. The seed of God now dwells in your mortal body. And you became alive. And now you're supposed to produce fruit. Jesus says it. We're all born of seed, right? Is there anybody in here that was born genetically in a lab? You know what another word for seed is? I'm not going to say it. What did God tell Adam before he fell? Go into all the world and multiply. Replenish. How is he going to do it? How does an apple tree produce more apple trees? Spread seed. How did you get here? Somebody was spreading seed. (laughs) And because you are God's seed, just like Jesus, you have the potential to produce a great harvest. It's the Passion Church. What are we but a seed? I tell people all the time, how are we going to be all over the world, they wonder. Well, we may look like a little small acre now, but before long... Will be a forest of oak trees. 
little seed can produce much. But you know what? A seed can't make itself happen. Seed can't become famous and make itself happen. A seed can't say, well, I'm tired of being under here under the dirt. I want to be seen. Jesus, go show yourself. Passion Church, go show yourself. You can't poke this little seed. Don't poke his head up and say, look at me. He can't make himself grow. And we can't make our church grow. We need to stay planted. And through faith and patience, obtain the promises. Are you listening? We only do what we see the Father do. And I'm telling you, we are right where we're supposed to be, planted. And the harvest is coming. Same thing in your life, in your personal life. Are you staying planted where God says stay? Are you running every time things get tough? Are you doing what God says? Are you watering the seed? Your harvest is coming. Some of you are starting to experience a little bit of the harvest right now. In John 12, 24, this is the tough part. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain or a seed of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What does it mean, die? I don't like all this die talk you're always talking, Pastor. Well, Jesus had to die to his will in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's the place we got to get to where we die to ourselves. And Jesus died literally, physically, on our cross. And look at the, what that seed, that resurrection has caused, uh, caused in the world. The fruit that it is still producing today. Because he was willing to die. But if he would have just said, no, I'm not dying to myself. I'm going to do it my way. He'd still be sitting there alone. And if you intend on doing life your way, it'll always be about you and you'll always be alone and unfruitful. As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. Do you want a harvest? I'm trying to tell you that you're a seed, and you can produce a harvest more grand. It's not even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. First Corinthians 15, 36, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. That's the way it's a real seed works. It must die. It must germinate. And then it produces. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that it shall be. When you put a seed in the ground, you're not expecting a seed to come back up. You're expecting a plant or a tree or something a different. different. You want more than what you planted, right? What you sow, you do not... No, you do not sow what that body shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. 
What you can be in this world is up to God, not you. In Psalms 126.5, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping and bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless, say doubtless. That means there ain't no doubt about it. Shall come again rejoicing and bringing his harvest, his sheaves with him. You sow that seed of God's word. There ain't no doubt about it. But it's through faith and patience that we obtain the promises. You got to have faith, no doubt. Don't entertain doubt. Don't talk doubt. Don't speak doubt over your seed. And I know in 2020, it was like, man, I had all these plans. I was about to get this promotion. I was, my marriage was about to come back together. This was about to, all these things were about to happen, right? And then 2020 hit, and it's like a drought. Nothing's sprouting. Nothing's coming up. There's a drought ac across the land. Nothing's happening, but I got good news. God's seed is eternal. It's still there. Some archaeologists found some old seeds in a jar in a cave or something, like 400 years old, and they planted them, and they still grew. The seed is still there. Your hope, those dreams that you had, they're still in there. Say, they're still in there. You may feel like, I'm just so small, though. I, I, I can't make a difference. I go to a little small church. We can't make a difference. No, no, that's not true. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Which a man took and is sowed in his field, which is indeed the least of all seeds. The mustard seed is the smallest seed. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air can come and nest in his branches. So that all the weak and the weary and the speckled and the spotted and the broken and the downhearted can come and find shade and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's what we are. We're a mustard seed. In another place, Jesus says... That if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast in the sea, and, and it'll do it. It'll, the mountain will jump into the sea. It don't matter how small you think you are. Well, it matters how small you think you are. But it don't matter how small you are. In the world's sight, by human standards, because God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You're in perfect position if you feel small, if you know that you feel insignificant in yourself. But you're not insignificant. But it says seed time and harvest. And a lot of preachers have broke that down to seed, time, and harvest. Like those disciples, we wanted Jesus to do it. Let's get it now. Take the throne now. We want to see you with the crown on your head. He's like, I got to suffer first. I got to die first. It's coming, but don't rush me. 
The seed must stay planted, and there's time in between. And that's what we deal with, and that's why we keep digging up our seed. We think it ain't working. We try something else. Well, I gave God a try, but now I'm going to go over here and, and try, you know, this diet plan or whatever's next. We keep digging up our seed. We're not staying planted by the living waters. We're moving around trying to make something happen, trying to make ourselves famous. But the seed needs time and then the harvest. In Mark 4, verse 28, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. And he himself does not know how. But does he need to know how? Or does he just trust do you know a lot of farmers biting their fingernails every spring wondering if the seed's going to come up? Are they all surprised when little sprouts come out? I didn't know that was going to happen. No, they knew that was going to happen because they planted a seed and they had faith in the seed. They had faith in the one who gave them the seed. They don't know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. You want to know how? Because God said, he said, seed, time, and harvest. And you're a seed. You give it time. Give it time. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain of head. It's by faith and patience that we receive the promise. But we got to stay planted. Say, say, stay planted. By faith. By faith. If you want God's harvest, you must plant God's word by faith. What are seeds? Your words are seeds. The Bible likens God's word to a seed that was sown. Your words are planting seeds into your life. You know, if you have a seed and it it produces apple tree or whatever. Was that just the end of it? No, the apples have more seeds to produce more. You were a seed, but you spread seed. Does that make sense? Okay, so your words are seeds. Your actions are seeds. Ideas that you act on are seeds. Your giving is seeds. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down. Like if you give a seed, it should be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. You don't just get one seed back. If you'll leave your seed in the ground, you'll get a, a harvest. Some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Deuteronomy 22, 9 says, You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed. Therein lies the problem. Jesus told a parable. He said, the farmer sowed good seed, and when the wheat came up, there were tares with it. And his, his associate says, I thought you planted good wheat seeds. He said, I did. An enemy has done this. They said, well, let's get in there and tear out them tares. He said, no, lest you do that, you rip out the wheat also. So, so we're living in a society sown with tares. 
There's those trying to serve the Lord and there's those trying to serve the devil. There's seeds that the devil has sown. There's, and, and within you, there's wheat and there's some terish looking things within you. Don't sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard become defiled. See, you can't say I love God out of one edge of your mouth and say you hate your brother out of the other edge of your mouth. You can't say I love God, but I hate the church because the church is his bride. Salt water and fresh water don't, don't come out of the same fountain. We got to keep speaking the same thing. It was when the disciples were in the upper room and they were in one accord that the power of God was there. You see what I'm saying? They were all speaking the same thing, believing the same thing. Spreading good seed instead of sowing tares everywhere into their own lives. And that's like many of us, myself included. I'm a mighty man of God and power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but my nose is crooked and I'm, I'm getting fat and this and this and this. And don't y'all act like y'all ain't noticed I'm getting fat. Don't let me pull it out. On <laughs> we go through seasons. But you know what? We've got to keep speaking what God. We've got to speak with the voice of God. We've got to speak what God says over our lives. And stop sowing tares in our wheat. Stop saying negative things. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the, and the heart is the ultimate soul, right? So you got to guard what goes in so you can guard what comes out. But you want a harvest, right? But you don't want the harvest of tares. Some of you are experiencing awful things in your life right now. And I guarantee you, if you look back, it's because of words you have sown into your life, actions, deeds, money you have given into the wrong places, Things you, that you have sown into that you shouldn't have. And you're reaping the rewards of your negative seed. We are all right now the result of seeds we have sown in the past. You don't like your life right now? Begin to sow new seeds. Maybe you can't tear up all the, the tears in your life right now, but you can begin to overcome them with new seed. I've got a stand of Bermuda in front of my yard. We don't even get it sprayed some years. But because it's so strong, that Bermuda just, you know, a few weeds will come up in the spring, but that Bermuda will just eat it up. It won't let it grow. It overpowers. Speak good things over your life. I'm trying to tell you how to be fruitful. You'll be held accountable for every idle word. Down here. Man. 
tongue is an unruly evil. Set a whole forest on fire. How do I stop this thing? No man can tell you the tongue. Why did the crowds turn on Jesus? Less than a week earlier, he had rode into town on a donkey, and they were laying their coats out and palm branches and Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were all celebrating the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But less than a week later, they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Because the Pharisees went through the crowd spreading seeds. He's not a real man of God. Say, yell, crucify him. Let's do away with this man. They spread, they sowed tares in the hearts of the people. And see how fickle people's hearts are, how easily swayed? And your heart is, can't be trusted more than that. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You have to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Your heart is just soul. And you can only plant good things in it. You can't afford to be listening to the things from the devil, from the world. You can't afford to spend your life on TikTok. You gotta guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your heart with all diligence. The world's still planting the same seeds today. Just crucify Jesus all over again afresh. Just crucify him. We don't really need that stuff. Nobody needs to tell us what to do. We don't believe in Jesus. They're still planting the same seeds. Are you going to listen to the Pharisees? Don't let their words fill your mouth. Because Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. The main thing the devil is out there saying is, did God really say, well, you can do this and get away with it. Nobody will know. And he's trying to tell you, you're the exception to the rule. It doesn't hurt if you watch a little pornography because nobody's going to see you. It doesn't hurt if you do a little cheating on your taxes. Nobody's going to know. But God is not mocked. And whatsoever you sow, you will also reap. And it don't matter if you're Christian or not. These men we preach to in the jail, sometimes half or more of them that come in there are already saved. But they're still in a yellow jumpsuit. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. You're not the exception to the rule. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose our heart. We do not let it become a weed field. If by faith and patience... We keep our heart. We will see the harvest. 
the guy that invented the uh, radar gun, you know, that they time major league pitchers with or the cops use to give speeding tickets. His name is Sir Robert Watson Watt. And yes, he invented the radar gun, and then after he did, he got a speeding ticket because because of the gun he invented. And so he wrote this poem. He said, pity Sir Robert Watson Watt, strange target of his radar plot, and this, with others I could mention, a victim of his own invention. And that's what we become, victims of our own invention. You can be a victor of your own invention, or you can become a victim of your own invention. You're inventing your future right now. The seeds that you sow today will be your harvest tomorrow. There was a CEO of a major corporation, and he was getting older and he was going to retire, so he said, uh, I'm about to step down. And everybody thought, well, his son's going to get the job. Some people thought, well, his top executive, surely one of them, he'll give it to them. But yet he called in a bunch of young executives into a meeting room, and he said, I have decided to give one of you guys the role as CEO of the company. Their eyes got big, and they were all excited. He said, here's how we're going to figure out which one. I've given to each one of you a seed. In two months, I'm going to call you back together, and we're going to see who produced the best harvest. Well, they were so excited, they ran off, you know. There was a young executive named Jim. He went home, told his wife, I could be CEO of a major corporation. And they were all excited, and they they bought him a pot, and they put some nice, you know, store-bought good soil in there, put some fertilizer, and they together they prayed, and they put that seed in the ground covered it up they just knew they were going to win this thing well a week went by they watered it they kept it in the sun they prayed over it two weeks went by nothing sprouting they're starting to get a little worried they said we got to believe God we got to believe God so they kept trying to believe God and nothing grew six weeks later the thing hadn't even come up The man is pacing. (laughs) He knows the other executives. He's seen them at work. Some of them are bringing their plants to work, and they're tall and flowers and all this stuff. And he's like, there's no way I can win now. But his wife keeps encouraging him. Well, you're a man, man of God. Just believe God. Finally, the day comes where they're going to have the meeting and decide who's the CEO He's so embarrassed. He can't hardly lift his head. He's like, they're going to make fun of me when I bring this empty pot in there. She said, you've always been a man of integrity. You've always did things God's way. Just trust and believe. He tucked his pot under his arm. (laughs) He went into work that day, and as he's walking through the halls, he sees people carrying these big old plants and pushing them on dollies and stuff. And he can hear them snickering over his little empty pot. They're looking at him like he's crazy. They go in the boardroom, and he, he sets it on a table, and they all got these, looks like a jungle in there, and all these big, huge plants and stuff. The CEO walks in. He says, 
Hmm. He looks around the room, and then he spots Jim's empty pot. Jim, come up here. Jim's like, oh, I'm going to be fired. He grabs his pot, and he can barely lift his head. As he walks up to the front of the room, he sets his pot in front of the CEO, and the CEO looks, says, gentlemen, young Jim will be the next CEO of this company. And they will, what, what? You said, who brings the best harvest? Look at here, look at my plants. And they all just an uproar in the room. And he lifts his hands and he says, silence. Those seeds I gave you, I boiled the, the life out of them. There was no life in those seeds that I gave you. And you guys, obviously, when you recognized yours wasn't coming up, went and substituted my seed for your seed. But Jim is the only one in this room with enough integrity to believe in my seed. And Jim will be the new CEO. Sometimes the world jumps out ahead of us, doesn't it? Their ways are faster. They, they, it's just do it, you know. Get, get my way now at Burger King kind of thing. I mean, they're, they're microwaved ready. I mean, they're... Everything the world does is got to have it now. But I'm encouraging you to leave God's seed in the plant, in the, in the ground. Just like they were encouraging Jesus. Jesus, just do it the fast way. Show your miracles. Go tell everybody. Go to Jerusalem. Get a big crowd. But he said, I'm doing it the Father's way. I only do what I see my Father do. If you plant honesty, honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, then you'll reap reconciliation. If you plant faith in God, you will reap a harvest. Whatever you plant is what you're going to get back. If you plant anger, people are going to be angry at you. You yell at your kids all the time, and then you wonder why they yell back at you when they get to be teenagers. You, you sow seeds of distrust, you wonder why your wife is jealous of you all the time. You sow joy, then all around you people just seem to get happy. The joy of the Lord becomes your constant companion. You sow peace, blessed are the peacemakers. You sow peace, you'll get peace back. Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. And if your life is full of weeds, it's because you've been planting bad, bad seeds. But the good news is, God's seed is eternal. Through faith and patience, you can inherit the promises of God. If you begin to water that seed again, you begin to speak over your life the seed of God and the word of God. Your life is full of blessings. It's because you have sown blessings. We'll close with this. Hosea 10, 12. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness. What is righteousness? But being right with God. 
doing things the right way, doing things that, that make you right with God, doing things the way he wants you to do and he designed you to do them. There's a right way. Did you know that? There's a broad path that leads to destruction, but there is a right way that, that leads you to your harvest. And he says, you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Oh, we need righteousness showered upon us. We need God's way showered upon us. We need God's blessing. We need his love. So sow seeds of righteousness and you will reap a harvest of blessing. Is there anything that I forgot to say about seeds? Does everybody understand what we're talking about today? I've used a lot of analogies. But there was a time where Jesus, they finally said, well, he finally speaks plain. <laughs> you know, he's not talking in parables anymore. He's just telling us what, what's the real deal. Do I need to tell anybody what the real deal is? Does everybody understand the things that God is trying to get across today? So is anybody discouraged because there's weeds in their life? Is there anybody here that does not have weeds in their life? No, we're all in this together. Is there anybody that's controlled this wild thing between our teeth and gums? We all got some work to do, don't we? We got to stay planted. Got to stay focused. We got to water the word of God over our life with our words. And we got to and and the seed that we sow it Jesus told the parable of the sower the sower sows the word of God. And that's, that's the great commission, to speak the word of God to this generation. He said, you know, some of it's going to land on the rock, on the path. It's so hard that you can't, it won't even go into the ground, and the devil's just going to come immediately and steal it. Some of it's going to fall over into the, the rocky soil and have a little bit of uh, layer of, of soil, and it'll sprout up for a season, but when the sun comes, you know, pressure comes they'll be gone that's where that's where a lot of people are in america today they heard the word of god and they got excited for a moment and they sprouted up just a little bit and they can't some of them have even come to the next step classes and we were so excited that they were about to to begin to produce fruit in their life but then it's like some kind of pressure came something happened the devil got them a job on sunday <laughs> always happens can I just say to all the Christians in America, stop working on Sunday. <laughs> Go to church. It's more important. Take a stand. Are you serving the Lord your boss or are you serving the Lord your God? Put first things first. Take charge and ownership of your own life and your decisions. Please. And if you have children, how about make the decisions for them? Until they're old enough to make their own decisions. You ask a kid, does he want to go to church today? And he's still in the bed. What do you think he's going to say? 
But we got a lot of Christians today that sprung up for a moment. Then the sun came out and it got hard to be a Christian. They stopped. And then there's those who fell among the thorny ground and the cares of this life and the lust of other things. You know, they, they just went back to, hey, it's more important for me to play golf on Sunday. Or it's more important for me to have fun. God wants me happy, you know, kind of attitude. And the Word of God got choked out. And maybe you're in one of those camps today. The good news is, as you, you control this heart, and you can make it good soil, God will help you. God will help you. He'll give you a fresh start today. And then you, from this point forward, you can, you can sow good seeds of hope, joy, peace, and life prosperity, blessing. And then one day you'll look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Because lest the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.